I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz uh, oh, it's a Legends of Tomorrow show. We got Charlie knocking boots. Scoops, scoops, scoops and boots. Knocking boots, spreading scoops. Scoops, scoops, scoops. Everybody. Well, everybody, the Legends of Tomorrow after show breaking down every episode of season five of Legends of Tomorrow airing Tuesday nights on CW. I'm Frank Moran. I'm Dave Child. I'm going to be here talking to you on the chats. So come on down, chat with me. <laughs> and I'm Lauren B, and we are back. Yes, for another Tuesday. Woo! And Woo. making us look good and sound even better, Jonathan in the booth. <laughs> yo, yo, he's <laughs> sleepy. <laughs> I was not ready. There we go. Yay! Yay. All right. Yay. Yay. Everyone's here now. Uh, and as always, folks, like us on Facebook, give us five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, give us a thumbs up while you're there. And as Dave mentioned, the chat is up and running. Oh, yeah. Coming down to Chat Town. That's where oh, all the fun is. come on. But Join us. Yeah, if you're watching after we stream live, though, comment down below. Dave likes to get a nice glass of whiskey mm-hmm. and just kick his feet up by the fire just when he gets this. home. Just read. Just get up there and read. Just as long as they're sexy comments about me. That's right. <laughs> That's all Get. I want. Getting really sexy about Dave John. Okay. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Uh, so, yeah, we're breaking out. Uh, Frank just discovered his sexy voice today, and he's, he's overusing it. I hit puberty today, guys. <laughs> I became a man. Uh, we're going to be breaking out season five, episode five. It's six technically in this season, but we're counting Ooh. it just as five because of the crisis crossover. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, we'll count it as technically episode five of our storyline for season five, Mortal Kombat, directed by one, the one, the only Katie Lotz. Mm. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, Wave Rider Captain, now Captain behind the camera. Which is why she was suspiciously gone. Mm-hmm. That's true. Conveniently, uh, you know, just show up at the last moment, say, oh, oh, now I guess I can act in this scene. Yeah, now I can <laughs> act. Don't judge her for her hat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, before we break down hats. everything and the detail that you come here because you you crave it, uh, overall, Lauren, what did you think of the episode? This one was cute. I think. <laughs> cute. <laughs> this one was cute. cute. <laughs> you know, I really do think that they are really grounding themselves in their new tone. You know, we yeah. talked about this last time. This one, I still like the last episode a lot more, but this one was subtly done and it wasn't over the top with the comedy and mm. it wasn't too dry with the drama so they're still honing in on their tone and I'm appreciating it nice. I'm loving it I think it was quite comical for us to see all the references mm. Mm. <laughs> quite comical mm. 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 yeah they had a lot of comedic moments for all the sexual what's happening you know a lot of wink wink nod nods I thought I I liked this a lot. I thought this was a great episode. This might be one of my favorites so far of the season because it's I I think they did a solid job of I was a little afraid it was going to be a very special episode when you're starting off with Constantine dying from lung cancer because I was thought, Oh, is this are they gonna go back to a serious tone and be super serious? But then everything that happened in Hong Kong where they're able to reference so many things at once. They were sp- they were like parroting John Woo movies, 
and they were like referencing Hong Kong, which is very much in our minds these days, but uh, and the kind of imperial ownership of Hong Kong, and then also lime scooters and how those are a thing. I love how all of that was able to work into this one episode that was really well directed by someone we've uh, been watching as an actor for so long. So it's really nice. Well, I will say, folks, that if uh, there's nothing more delightful than to watch an episode of Legends of Tomorrow with Dave Child when he is genuinely enjoying the episode. Because he, <laughs> he gets all giddy and he laughs. <laughs> so many little laugh breaks from Dave Child over the course yeah. of this viewing. Yeah, I actually, I, I lulled a couple times. I lulled. <laughs> I must admit. Yep. He did it. He did it, folks. And it wasn't. he wasn't embarrassed. He did it. No, I just lolled in front of everyone yeah, and, and I, busted out that lol. That's right, and I, I applaud you for doing that. I One of my favorite moments was when Nate comes scooting in and then does like a power slow. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hide. And also the John Woo bird that happens when you first meet uh, Khan. Yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, so good. That little dove. Great. That little dove. Because it's also being so specific. Because it's like uh, they're parroting like early 90s John Woo movies. You know, they're parroting or just all the like, I guess when American audiences might be more familiar with Face Off or Mission Impossible 3. But he also had these triad movies from Hong Kong that they were kind of this was the kind of the tone of them a lot of shooting not a chow a lot of, fat yeah and a lot of like slow motion stuff and then the, oh, the, the sh- bird the shooting was epic yeah it was a it lot was of guns epic. in this one which These was guns were doing things that I don't think those models should have been doing yeah <laughs> <laughs> well as EP uh, said on the show is that when they were writing this episode they knew that Kitty would be the perfect one to direct especially if it's her first time directing they've come to know Kitty so well they know her sensibilities they know what she loves and they know this episode was just hitting that sweet spot for her right and I think it showed because it definitely you can tell she must have had a lot of fun yeah camera for this one she's a good action director which was nice because she's you know that she's good at at like action and stunt work and stuff but you saw how she used it really well it's hard to direct action and slow motion and stuff and i think she did a good job it didn't seem forced like sometimes you know cw shows kind of do with their action but this was this was good well i ask both of you uh have you ever had the experience of being of acting with somebody that then has had the opportunity to direct you and how much did you enjoy that experience yeah actually i just did a like feature indie film where it was with someone who was also directing and acting at the same time. And so it was interesting to watch her direct something and then be in the scene and then look at it afterwards. And it was at the same time. It wasn't like separate or anything, but it was it was impressive. It's impressive when people can wear more hats than once and I can I can't think of directing myself. It feels like <laughs> super hard to do. Really? Yeah, just because it's like then you get in your own head. It's like listening to your own voice or something. So I understand why she wasn't a part of this episode at all. Because there are people that direct shows that they're doing and are still in it. 
but they might have a minor role. They have a smaller role. I was listening to um, West Wing Weekly recently, and they had uh, Bradley Whitford talk about him, how he directed a couple of episodes of West Wing. And it would be episodes where he still was like a B or C plot. He just wouldn't be the A plot. And but I understand like not doing it at all because then you just have the freedom to direct and not act in something. You know, uh, you know. Shout out to the West uh, West Wing Weekly. I enjoy that podcast. Yeah, it's yeah, good. It's really good, guys. We're not here to talk about that podcast, even though you should. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen to our podcast. It's yeah, great. I mean, uh, uh, how about you, Lauren? You know, I think there's something very beautiful about being able to wear multiple hats. I personally haven't had the opportunity of being in a scene with someone that was also acting and directing at the same time. But I have worked with actors that are also directors Mm -hmm. or directors that have been actors. And just to see them in that space is just one of these elements where you kind of just have to know what's your focus in that moment? And I think for this episode, her focus was very strategic, very clearly laid out. And when you're getting an opportunity on this level to be able to really hone in and get everything that you want out of that moment is such a beautiful thing. So I know as an actress, I would have loved to just step back and just really enjoy the opportunity just to direct. I think she did a really good job. Mm -hmm. So kudos. Uh, and it's always, you always know that you're on a that you have a great cast, even if you didn't or know it already, which I'm sure you would at that point. But when everybody else uh, does everything they can to help you, because they know it's your first time behind the camera, yeah, as opposed to saying, "No, you don't know me. You are my peer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't tell me what to do." <laughs> and you're like, "Oh boy, this is not going as good as I thought." Yeah. Uh, so we do find out that we've got two story, story threads, which we've kind of been doing for. Uh, most of this season, I feel like that's going to kind of continue, uh, and I'm sure we'll have crossovers as it needs to be. But we've got uh, John dealing with the uh, after effects of last episode, where mm-hmm. Astra used his soul coin and got it, it rewound down, so he was dying immediately of lung cancer, right. as opposed to ten years from now. So uh, John realizes, "Hey, I, I'm terminal," and finds out that Astra's behind it. But what I liked about it is that he's played smart with the rules of the show. It's like, wait, who are people that I've I've encountered mm-hmm. in the show that can either are magic users or healers that could maybe get me right. out of this jam? Right. They actually tried stuff because that's that's something that I think we've even poked fun at of the show in previous seasons where they're like, don't they realize all these people that, that they have powers to shrink? Don't they realize that they have powers <laughs> to do? And this episode, I think they use that really well, even on in this John storyline where they went back to the the Puka, mm-hmm. Puka, and also like a couple of the other characters. But then also seeing Nate use his powers when dealing with guns too was also a good way of like, okay, they kind of know their world and how to use stuff in it, and and also you also have like in the John Constantine stuff. My favorite moment was the um, the bulldog cane. Mm-hmm. And I like how they don't really explain it, how it's just a bulldog cane that he's having a conversation. And then afterwards, he just says, did I ever tell you I met the ghost of Winston Churchill? And you're like, oh, that's the bulldog cane. (laughs) That's what that is, because of the Winston Churchill line, speak softly and carry a big stick. That's that's Winston Churchill's big stick. Wait, wasn't that Teddy Roosevelt? No, that was Winston Churchill. Was it? Yeah. I can look it up if you'd like. Yeah. I I can swear it was Teddy Roosevelt. 
that you know speaks is, that's a Churchill one. I'm 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 seventy five percent sure. All right. Well, Dave looks up how wrong he is. I mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lauren, I uh, how bad do you feel for Gary this episode? I mean, finally given a uh, he's losing this man that he's idolized, but then finds out that he's getting a house. Only to find out that he's not getting the house. Oh, ah. stand by, Lauren, before your answer. Dave <laughs> um, Child, do you have something to report? Yeah. Uh, uh, Frank is right. Frank oh! is right. It's definitely speaks uh. softly. <laughs> Carrie Big Stick is, is Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, you know, I should have said, I should have said that for the Where's the Beef site. <laughs> did you say Franklin Roosevelt, though? Teddy Roosevelt. Did you? I did. No, rewind the tape. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Oh, that was my that was our where's the beef section segment real early because I had a good beef right there. Uh, but yes. someone else in the chat also thought it was Churchill, so I'm not alone in this one. <laughs> the <laughs> fans are here for you. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, Laura, how did you feel for did you feel for Gary this episode? I did. He's so sweet. I mean, he's just lovable in every moment, right? Like he's here for. You know, Constantine and trying to support him in every way. And Constantine is just biting his head off. And it's one of those really crazy things. But then you see Constantine actually have this sweet moment of, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm going to leave you my house. And then you just snatch it back away. And I'm Mm. like, you were so close. You were so close to just having this really sweet moment. And what can we do? Yeah. In (laughs) the chat, Billie Jean Girl 24 says... uh, Freaking Gary, he was such a hot mess in this episode. <laughs> I mean, he usually is, yes. but he was even worse in this episode. I okay. did like him running to Ava when they get on the wave ride at the beginning oh, of the episode. Oh, yeah. That's he wears a big security his emotions blanket. On, his, on his sleeve. Like, we have to... I mean, if he wasn't a hot mess, what would we do? <laughs> That's right. true. And I also love... I, I, I also like how he does... Consider Ava like kind of a maternal figure, so it was nice to kind of go back to that because I think we kind of <laughs> forgot about it a little bit. Hold me, hold me. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I'll ask both of you. Out of everybody else on the Wave Rider, do you feel that Ray has a better connection with Constantine than anybody else? No, no, okay. I don't think so. He's just the one guy that happened to be there at the moment and said. No, no, no. I'm going to go with you. And when Constantine says, oh, I wish I would have hung out with you guys more. He's probably the closest they have to a medical person, too, right now. Because he does know, you know, he's a super smart guy. And I think he knows biology because of, you know, his work and being able to shrink and stuff. So I think he was like, I'm the science guy. I'm going to at least go with you to see if I can do anything to help you uh, in the process, like science-wise. And I thought that made sense. Like, he's close to John Constantine, but not, like, closer than other people. It's kind of unusual to see them together. But they do have a nice, like, bad boy and Boy Scout quality together. So it's nice to see them hang. All right. I mean, if I if I was looking all, at all the legends, I would put Constantine closest to Sarah. Yeah. And then I think I'd put all of the other ones just kind of on equal footing, I think. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, even in the chat, we have Rabner28 saying... They're pretty close, but Sarah was probably the closest on the team to Constantine. Yeah. So agreeing with you on that. Well, thank you. Uh, I, just, <laughs> I don't like sick. this, you being so right. <laughs> he's actually, yeah, he's, he's on a roll tonight. Nah, don't, don't give him more. <laughs> don't worry, once we get to the beef section, I'm sure yeah, I'm sure things will go downhill for me rapidly at that moment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, uh, how do you feel about Constantine working his magic with Astra? 
uh, Laura, do you feel like hmm. it's like, hey, yeah, if you give me more time, I can solve all your family problems. So, I, I, you know, I kind of feel like this is just typical Constantine. However, I do feel like it's a little bit more authentic in this moment. Now, will it stay authentic? I don't know. I feel like he's going to have one of his typical moments where an opportunity is going to arise and he's going to, you know, back out a little bit. And I'm hoping that he keeps his word and that this is actually a promise that he intends to keep. But, you know, Constantine just needed to save his life for a moment. We saw him with this happy dance at the end. I don't know if it's really going to... But he keeps his word. And also, I think he wants... It's kind of his lady love back, uh, an ex at least. You know, I don't know. I feel like maybe... Just maybe... There might be another side to it. Yeah, maybe. But it's also going to be, it is also kind of the driving force of the MacGuffin, I think, in this situation with the Loom of Fate. Sounds like he's going to bring her back using the Loom of Fate. So, bring back the mom. Well, I will ask, playing devil's advocate for this, is that I liked Constantine's happy dance at the end. Because I felt like, hey, he thought his number was up. Right. But I also felt like I didn't really feel enough... I felt like I wanted a little bit more fear from him, knowing that he's reached a point where he could not get out of this. There was no way he could game the system, cheat, maneuver, or anything. He right. was going straight to hell. And and to know, like, when he gets to hell, it's going to be rough. Because there are so many people that just want to mess with him when he gets down there. Yeah. And I just don't know if I felt like I felt that terror. And I felt like I wanted that terror to have... I felt like I got the elation of, like, getting this once in a, a, one in a billion shot of getting away with this having more time to try to save himself. But I didn't know if I... I felt like I, I got the appropriate amount of dread and fear that he to, to counterbalance that for me, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, for me, I think maybe the weight, the gravity of everything that happened, maybe if there was like a moment afterwards, like, oh my God, have the happy dance, but then have like that realization that you literally just cheated death. And I think maybe that's what you're thinking or feeling like you're missing. And that's... Probably what's making me feel like I don't know if he's really going to follow all the way through. Maybe not intentionally, but I feel like when opportunity arrives with him, things just happen. I think he's also good at being the, like, that's how he gets out of situations. He makes a deal with one person, and then he makes a deal with another to get out of that deal, and then forward and forward, and keeps going. I mean, I feel like, I think we'll have some resolution to the Astro storyline by the end of the season. But I don't think it's going to go. It certainly won't go as, as smoothly as John thinks it's going to go. Like, right. oh yeah, yeah, the mom will come back, and you know the the husband will come back. Oh, it's all going to be perfect. I think there's going to have to be some high stakes for all of them, all three, between Astra, the husband, the mom. Everybody's going to have to have really, really high stakes because this loom is. If this is the one piece that's going to, you know, be the problem solver, I think he's going to have to make some decisions that might cost somebody something. Right. Well, all right. Dave Child, I'm going to ask you this now. Okay. Uh, we have uh, lamented about the lack of development for Charlie. Right. We've talked about this a lot. Like, oh, what's her deal? <laughs> what's her business? Now we find out, hey, guys, what you really didn't know is that she's one of the three fates. Clothos. Well, this is, that's what I guessed from last week, too. Yeah. That's what I thought. And uh, some people in the chat also thought that. But it's, I don't know, man. I think they're doing, I think, here's the thing. They're spending their real estate wisely 
I think. I think they, especially in this episode, where they have they have a new character with Barad, and they were like, they also have they need a new kind of driving force and MacGuffin and big bad of the season, and they're taking a while to kind of introduce what it is. So they've just introduced the new. A lot of people in the chat were like, "Oh, let's uh." Like where are the where's the big bad of the season? And I think they've just introduced the big bad. I think the it's gonna be the fates. And the fact that she's a part of this and it's part of her family, like I mentioned last week, how it's at least like the family that's after her. She has a thing that she's running away from and we find out what it is. And now she's in a relationship with a new character and so that's the situation where like what is that relationship like? It's more stuff to grab onto. It's more character development. It's a big improvement, at the very least. Really? Lauren, do you feel the same way? I don't, but what do you think? I mean, I feel like... I've always been a fan of Charlie. I really do. Because I like, I like the dynamics of her character. Even though the backstory wasn't necessarily there, I feel like watching the character and the actor... Well, watching the actor work out this character, I feel like it was very entertaining for me to watch. Because there's so much physicality, right. there's so much, you know... It, it, like, the actual levels to this character, I enjoy when it comes to the actual backstory, I'm excited about it because we had this discussion last week about no one feels like they really know Charlie. Now they're giving it to us and yeah. like <laughs> I mean, what was she before? She was just the shapeshifter that right. was stuck in hell yeah. and then joins the team and she the loves the party. party. <laughs> That's like not enough. It's not enough. But I also feel like is that just basically just that admission by the writers going yeah, we didn't do a great job with this character last season. Yeah, what but can why, we do does now? That, why does that matter? Yeah, That's I was about the, to say, I'm okay with them admitting that. I'm okay, <laughs> because the, the fact is, like, there it's a little bit of a retcon, but it's like the retcon works. It doesn't feel like it's out of nowhere. Yeah, out it, of place. This is a character who's been in hell, stuck in hell, won't talk about her past, is thousands of years old. That stuff we knew. Mm-hmm. So the fact that it's like she is thousands of years old because she was a fate, she has other fates in her family that are after her, they want to kill her, She's she broke the loom for some reason, we don't quite know why yet, but she broke the loom and spread it around the universes, but now that the universes are all together because of the crisis, the fates are back. That's a convenient way of bringing these back and a good way to explain it. I think that's not lazy writing it's i think it's good they're finding holes and they're filling them in good ways so mm. i think it works yeah i'm not that thrilled because then i just feel like it's we'll like be ah, better well, it's just you know you're just not a fan you just, just, fan. Fan. You just <laughs> wanted her to like go just leave yeah she doesn't do much for me so i'm fine with her leaving but now okay but accept the fact that she's here you're gonna, gonna have to i'm gonna have to accept it, it. you're gonna have to here. accept that so now that she's here, let's make her an interesting character. How do we do that? Let's add some backstory. Let's add a love interest of a guy that we've grown to kind of like, even though he's just, you don't need to do too much character development to make this guy like likable. But he's around, and now what's a good way of keeping him interesting? Team him up and make him a love interest. And they also are able to be like, they've. this has happened. They're not... They're not doing that weird forced thing that kind of sometimes happens in previous seasons where they're like, what if Ray loves Hawk Girl? <laughs> like, what if suddenly Ray's in love with Hawk Girl and it just kind of comes out of nowhere? This is like, okay, they've already gone through that. They're at the, 
awkward they have slept together, are they a thing stage? It's a good place to put them. Mm, I reserve <clears throat> judgment. But I'm signing towards still not liking it. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, Dave Child. Yeah. Well, I'm excited that they're filling the gap for the crisis, like life after crises. Like I'm, I'm looking forward to that because yeah. I feel like we, for our show, we really haven't really gotten to that point. I know, like, the Flash has been all over it. Mm-hmm. You know, Supergirl has been all over it. But we really have they been using the crisis at all? I haven't been watching them. There in this uh not this the tonight's episode of Flash, but last week's there were uh Barry is looking at a newspaper with Supergirl and, and Lex Luthor on there, which mm-hmm. was a nod to the first episode back of Supergirl after Crisis. So Right. Okay. So I mean there is some little place where they're giving nods to other stuff. It, I mean, Crisis uh, Legends has its own agenda to do. Oh, but yeah. it also would be interesting to see, you know, what how the we fit in. Uh, how you know how time has changed, how the universe has changed, uh for the, now the one earth. Right. But that's not, I mean, that's a lot to ask of this one show, and it's already got its own kind of yeah. objectives that it wants to do. I think it's doing a, I think it's already the fact that they're just using it is, is good enough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then, I mean, we'll just make Charlie whatever we need to be next season. And then it'll be fine. <laughs> well, be fine. they're making her into something. She just wasn't anything less. They're molding you her. You are not a Charlie fan, and no. I am so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, love Charlie. I when did she become a shapeshifter? When did she become a shapeshifter? She's a fate. Now she's a shape. She's a shapeshifter. Maybe all fates are well, shapeshifters. Well, no, she was saying that, if I understood correctly, she was saying that she kind of had to become this and do this to protect everyone else from her real and true form. Now, how she got to that point, I don't know. But <laughs> see, they, the they're starting she's... to explain it. I mean, I would say that maybe fate is able to transform into other people to hide the fact that they're fates. Because you can't be shown manipulating people and what they do and kind of timelines. You can make up your own rules about fate. It's okay. You know? It's like... (laughs) No, Dave, we can't. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. I feel like having fate be be shapeshifters is like I that's acceptable. It makes it intriguing for when the sisters come in, that's for sure. Are they gonna be shapeshifters or are they gonna have other abilities? I'm curious and I want to know. But see the thing that's gonna bum me out though is that last season it was all about, you know, you can't see the real form because it'll drive you insane if you yeah, ever saw the real still, form. That's still the same thing. But now and when we saw the real form, it was like Oh, that was it? It wasn't crazy. Did we see the real form? I don't know. Wait, it was, uh, no, the season before that, when they all became, it basically it was just that giant dragon. Like, that was it? That was the form that we were so scared about? Of hers? No, 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 not of Charlie. Oh, okay. The um, the big bad that was that season. Oh, uh, yes. well, that's someone else. Well, yeah, but. You're I, bringing I, someone else into this. But Her I form hate, is a new thing. Don't tell me, I don't, I don't ever say to me, you can't see a real form because it will drive you insane. And then you show us the real form, and you're like... No, this is all you have to do. You never show the form, or if you show the form, have it be a bright light, just <laughs> off camera, and someone goes, oh, 
I'm going insane. That's all you need to do. Yes, there you go. <laughs> then you're fine. Just do like, just do Ark of the Covenant. You know, Indiana Jones. <laughs> Have their face melt, and then boo. That's a day. I just want somebody, please, somebody make a gif of uh, a <laughs> child going, oh, I'm going insane. Because I want that. I want that. I want so to share that. Boomerang right Yes. There. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's get into the uh, part of the episode that, as I mentioned earlier, just got to watch Dave Child just laugh several times with the light. And that is the the Hong Kong section of there. Yeah. Our nice homage to John Woo and all that Yahoo business. We're getting Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan, everybody. Good old Khan. <laughs> there you go. Uh, showing up in 1997 Hong Kong. And uh, trying to take over the tri- uh, the triad, who then and then wants to kidnap Prince Charles so he can have control of Hong Kong. Yeah, <laughs> simple plan, guys. Simple plan. Simple. Yeah, it works. Easy peasy. I also loved. Okay, this is also what I like. I like how they start off with a dumb scooter joke, <laughs> which at first I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. Why are they so impressed with a scooter? And then I realized. They're not in our world, really. They've been traveling forever. They don't see these dumb lime scooters that are everywhere and that are always getting in the way. I've run over them in my car. I hate them. What? <laughs> not on ten- not intentional. <laughs> but, but it's just always been like, there's just always like a stack of them in the middle of the street or on the sidewalk or something. Wait, who's leaving in the middle of the street? Everyone Everybody. does. Really? <laughs> yes. I mean, I've seen them littered on sidewalks, but never just on the street. No, they're in like a parking spot, just taking up an entire parking spot <laughs> where they've just been like collecting them. Mm. It's terrible. Haven't you seen the photos of them, like in the trees, on the power yeah. lines? All right. So, have either of you used them? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hate them, but, but I, I also promise love them. I left it in a nice, safe place. Yeah. I I used it once, and I'm like, this is going to kill me. This is going. <laughs> it is scary. They're fast. You don't get. It's not like you bring your helmet with you when you go on a scooter. Oh come on! It's like who does? Go for the ride. Yeah, yeah but I know. But you're gonna. I'm gonna fall and go crack my head open. This is the money maker. I've seen plenty of people fall too. It's quite <laughs> yeah entertaining. But you wouldn't want to get on it and go really slow. I'm with Lauren. You want it. You want some some pep in that step. Right. Just don't go down the big hill, okay? Go down the big hill, Dave. Good. I mean, you gotta go down. Go down the big hill. When you wanna go down, you gotta go down the big hill, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) But okay, so I like that they brought up this dumb joke in the beginning with Nate, and then they pay it off one with this dumb action scene where he's like doing the slow mo slide, and then they bring it back with the fact that Khan has to use them in order to get to Prince Charles, which, one, I think it was (laughs) great. Because it's so dumb to have, you know, Khan show up with, like, gun-mounted scooters and everyone there. That was the best part. But at the same time, it makes sense strategy-wise, because they have to go through all those barricades, and they can zoom past them. It seems like actually a smart move after you laugh at how, like, stupid it is, then they do it. It's It made it seem like, okay, that was a good, it was just good writing, because it was like a good, smart joke that is still useful. It didn't. It wasn't a big stretch to use them. They're not using it because it's funny looking. They're using it because it's useful. All right. All right. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we've talked about it because I feel like the other stuff we want to talk about, we're copy done in the hottest segment that is sweeping the internet. People are, I mean, uh, here we the go. amount of people that slide into my DMs right. to tell me how much they love this segment. Uh, and you know what that segment is, right, Jonathan? <laughs> Why is the beef? That's right. Oh, the beef. Yeah. 
That's right. He's so on top of it, Jonathan. That's what I really love. He's the best producer. All right, I think I've, I've got uh, three beefs for this episode. Here we go. Uh, first beef. Triple Decker. Triple Decker. Let's see if uh, how much of this you can eat, Ooh, guys. good, because I'm hungry. Uh, well, I enjoy the scooter bits. I'm also thinking, it's 1997. How popular were scooters back then? They weren't. They didn't exist. Not those. Right. So, But Genghis Khan's got all of these. Yeah, he ordered them. Yeah. From who? Who's making them if they're not around then? He has triad connections by that point. <laughs> But, but not from the future. Yeah, but we're talking that they weren't that prevalent in 97. I'm sure there was motorized scooters still in 97. Not the ones that look like birds. Yes. <laughs> no, but he was, he found, because remember, he was like, whatever he has, it's got to be the top of military perfection. So he was able to find it. <laughs> Do you think the military was, at that time, really no, working on that? But I'm sure there was some, like... It also doesn't matter. It's it does. a dumb TV show. It, does. it doesn't matter. It does. <laughs> it does. Because these these scooters it that we know and love as the birds, the limes, and all that, they've been around what two years? Yeah, yeah. Three years, maybe like three. So so there you Before go. So they're showing up like twenty years ahead. Wait a second. Here's what happened. <laughs> Nate scooter. Yeah. Huh. He does a badass move. Right. He breaks it. Yep. I think Khan gets it. And then has his own triad scientists basically make them based off of Nate's design in like a week. That was even a week. That was like a day. He's got the triad. <laughs> Wait, all right. okay, all right. Do I feel it like, fast. I feel like the beef was not eaten. You couldn't have to eat that beef. I nibbled on quite a bit of it, <laughs> and I enjoyed it. And I think in the end, just to stop thinking about it so hard. Like what? That's Please. the one that's like... I'm going to break this side. Yes! 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 Thank you, Lord. That was my only thing when I was thinking about it when we were talking about it earlier. And I was like, didn't we say this was 1997? Yes! But uh, maybe never. That's yeah, magic scooters. That's what people That's what people were saying. I, I do love... Uh, Dave, uh, Warner Brother CW Press, please use Dave Child's poll line there. Stop thinking about it so hard. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> I think that would be perfect. That would be a perfect log line for uh, Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> Don't think about it too hard. Just enjoy it. Uh, all right, oh, my second man. beef uh, has to do with just the casting decision for Prince Charles. That was terrible. <laughs> that was terrible. They just got a stodgy old British guy, that's all. Back then, he still had some black in his hair. It was just not even close. But he wasn't, he, he's not that old. He was like just salt and peppered. You think that was, come on. That was terrible casting. That was absolutely <laughs> you need terrible. You pitch perfect Prince Charles. I need something that looks at least somewhat close. There was no connection. He but. had like, yeah, he was fine. No. No. Why? No. <laughs> that Why? was way off. You're saying like, <laughs> you had, you point at someone and say, this is Prince Charles, put him in the outfit, make him a stodgy old British man. You would not have thought that was have Prince Charles. Bit of ears you would not have thought out. that. If nobody had said his name, you would never have thought that. <laughs> I didn't care. Just have him be like, he's carrying Prince Charles. Don't think about <laughs> it too hard. All right. Uh, yeah. Third beef, we see Bayrod and uh, Nate. They're talking in the car. And that's when, hey, Nate says, you want to talk about you know when you and Charlie hooked up? And uh, Charlie's saying, hey, uh, or uh, Nate, uh, Bayrod's saying, hey, I'm mad because she just kind of took off. She didn't even say anything after we hooked up. Yeah. And Nate's kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's like, Nate, remember how you felt about Amaya when she yeah. left you? And there was no mention of that at all. That's a perfect thing. Like, yes, I've been in that same situation. <sighs> ah! No. Come on. No. Yes. It's not a beef because you're just pointing at a dumb guy. <laughs> that's just like, that's, I've been in situations where I'm not thinking of the perfect thing to say. And obviously he's just distracted by the fact that he wants to do this guy's sister. And it showed that in the exact same scene, which I really liked, where he's like, hey man, it's okay, you're an attractive guy. If there was a female version of you, I'd totally want to date you. And then he says, like, my sister? Yes, exactly. So anyways, and I love how he didn't wasn't embarrassed by that, and he really was just thinking about her the entire time, and he's not thinking of Amaya. He's totally on this new girl. So he's distracted, so he's not saying the same right things. Mm, it's a very know. human emotion. You're saying he's too human, is what you're saying. I'm saying it's an easy story point to relate to. We saw how much it messed up Nate. Yeah, but I don't need to have him go into like a big whoa. It doesn't need to go into a super serious I thing. I remember back in the day, <laughs> go to flashback. Oh, Amaya, I'm going to relive this trauma and totally forget about the current thing I'm going through. It's like Gomer Pyle came. That's what happens when you get nostalgic. (laughs) Thank you. Um, uh, uh, Lauren, do you have any beefs about this episode? Hmm. So originally when Charlie had her original moment at the top of this episode, I had a little beef about it because she was trying to sneak off the ship. And then she got caught, and she had to turn back around. And then the next couple of moments, it's like Charlie is all in, back to her normal self, and helping out the team, ready to go. And we don't see her like have that moment of like, wait a minute, I gotta get out of here. Until almost like, almost the tail end of the show. So I feel like the old Charlie that we know, when she wants to go, she's really like ready to go, and she tries multiple, multiple times. That was something. That I would have liked to see. She really wanted to get out of there. Mm. I would have liked them to spend a little bit more time with her really trying to get out of there. Instead of using it at the end to to lead us into why she wants to lead. To lead us into her sisters. You know what I mean? Although mm-hmm. her friends are in trouble. And she's there to try. She decides to help her friends. Briefly. Briefly. I mean, Constantine was dying. And she was ready to dip. <laughs> Well, because she was like, Constantine's going to get out of it no matter what. I would have liked to see her be a little more classic Charlie. Sure. Just okay. Classic Charlie? Just What's classic Charlie? See? That's my point. There is none. Wait, but they're making a classic Charlie yeah. because they're using the character finally. Guys, there's layers to her. She's She has little... Come on now. <laughs> Give a girl a break. <laughs> MR Dave Child, do you have a beef? Do I have a beef? I I don't think I do in this episode. I, I kind of like this. I feel like there was something that bugged me, but it was so little that I kind of forgot it. Mm. So mm. I guess I'm good. Oh, well. I'm just curious about how, like, I want to know more about this loom of fate and how it actually is going to help people or fix things or bring people back or if it's just going to be a book of destiny kind of go to anything sort of thing because I don't want to be too much like the book of destiny which they kind of overused and all the crisis stuff so like I, I don't know that's the one thing that I'm like it could be a beef 
could be a beef in the long run, but right now it's just it's like a hint. It's like a smell of beef. And I just I just want to keep it as a keep it as that. So you've just walked in the house, you've got a waft of like, beef. Someone cooking beef? Yeah. I don't know yet. I'll find out. I still have to go into the kitchen and see what's cooking. Uh, you know what that sounds like? That sounds like uh, you're predicting a future beef. Oh, boy. Mm. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. Ooh. Now, we're off for two weeks. We're back March 10th. Whoa. So, I mean, these are going to have to be some really meaty predictions. <laughs> Just the meatiest. Just meatiest ones. Give people something to, to chew over. While we're gone for two weeks. We're always mm-hmm. hungry doing the show. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. <laughs> well, I think, okay. So we're going to meet the sisters at some point. And the sisters are going to be interesting because I think they're going to be, they're going to find some form that they're stuck to that is like, that can be the go-to big bad. And I think they're going to start to become the big bad of the thing. I think they're going to start to organize the encores, they're going to become a part of this big bad scenario somehow. And that's 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 what I foresee. I'm looking forward to next week's episode. I really like the teaser. I really like the Mr. <laughs> Rogers neighborhood yep. with uh, with Ray. And I'm curious to see how they do that. I don't know. I, I used to really like Mr. Rogers' show. I don't want to know what they're about to do. Today. They're not going to ruin Mr. Rogers for you. <laughs> It looked like they were about to give it a horrible twist. Uh, <laughs> what do you have a prediction other than your your worry about this episode? Hmm. I don't know. I mean, we kind of talked about it a little bit. Um, Constantine, I think he's going to have some tough decisions to make, and I don't know if he's really going to. He might keep his word. I won't say that he won't, but I think he's going to struggle with it. Hmm. I think he's going to struggle. All right. Uh, I will predict, I feel like this loom of fate, everybody's going to, yeah, with with a, an object that can change people's pasts, mm-hmm. I suppose, or kind of correct, you could use it to correct your pasts to better your present. I feel like many people on the Legends, they all of them have lots of baggage. So I feel like there's going to be temptations, which I'm not going to be enjoy, uh, thrilled about, where it's like, oh, I really want this. Oh, but I want this. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing everybody kind of, you know, working across purposes for a little while before they all kind of round up. I feel like we're going to get a lot of that, which I'll be like, of course. I guess it's the nature of narrative season-long story arcs. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. What a pain <laughs> to watch a show with a good narrative. <laughs> well, we Whoa. don't know that. How dare you presume that, sir? Uh, no. But we also just have a, not really a prediction, except for perhaps that there might be some tears shed. We have just two episodes left with... Uh, uh, Ray Palmer and Nora. Mm. But we do see kind of an interesting out here where he's thinking about proposing. So I think that's going to kind of be how they leave, but yep. I'm not sure how mm. yet. So, yeah. well, look at that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, you know, before we head off, we always like to go to Jonathan for just something powerful. Uh, Jonathan, if you had the chance to go and rewrite your past, what would you do? Yeah, Jonathan. What would I do? What's one thing you would change? Um, I had a pretty fun childhood. Um, wow. I don't know. Is there something that, like... That, you, you sprung that on me, dog. I know, man. That's what we do. Uh, what, what would I change if I... if I, to Change or like just yeah. do do extra? I don't know. Change? Was there something like, <laughs> like last week that you ate that you were like, man, I wish I hadn't ate that. You can go um, back and change that. Oh, well, <laughs> I, I guess if I had that, like I had a motorcycle wreck, I'd like to change oh, that. Oh, there you go. That's a good one. 
Oh, nice. Yeah, I have a metal rod in my leg from that, and and a plate, and and a other broken arm and stuff. Are you say, Are you are you a cyborg? I'm part cyborg. Whoa, <laughs> man! No messing with Jonathan anymore. <laughs> we got a cyborg in the booth. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, on that really scary and, and, and happy note, we're going to call this an end to the Legends of Tomorrow after show. We're off again until uh, March 10th. March yeah. 10th. But we'll be thinking of you. Right, Dave Chow? Right, Lauren? Oh. Yep. yep. Sure. I'll be dreaming of all of you, but you can find me if you miss me so much at Mr. Dave Child on the Twitters and the Instagram or DaveChild.com. My name is Dave Dave Child. I love you. These two. <laughs> but Dave, if they were, if they were in Los Angeles, any of our fans in Los Angeles area, they wanted to see you. There's a couple opportunities, oh, right? Oh yeah, I got shows coming up tomorrow. I'll be dancing with my dance troupe at Scott's. Scott Neary's Booby Trap in Hollywood. Look that up. Come see it. Uh, drop me a line, and I'll maybe even send you a comp. And also, Ooh. next week, I'll be at the Virgil for uh, Scout Durwood show, Everybody Go-Go. It'll be a fun show. On That'll be next Tuesday. So instead of watching this show, come and see me do a dance and be funny. Oh, nice. look at that. <laughs> uh, Lauren, where can they find you? As always, on Instagram and Twitter at Lauren B. Mosley. That's M-O-S-L-E-Y. Awesome. Uh, folks, thanks so much for joining us. As always, like us on Facebook. Give us five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thank you, everybody, for hopping in the chat. And uh, feel free to leave those comments of Dave Child can enjoy it as yes. he pulls out his, his snifter of whiskey. Oh, one last thing. If you can please go to HBO and watch uh, Whitmer Thomas's The Golden One. He's a good guy. He's a friend of mine. He has a great comedy special. Go support it, watch it, enjoy it. Oh, what a, look at that! Doing that for a friend. Look at that! Yeah. Oh, adorable. Support. Uh, yeah, you uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Happy Oh my god! <laughs> All right, folks, that's going to do it for this episode of the Legends of Tomorrow After Show. We'll see you back here March tenth in an all new episode right here on After Buzz TV. Bye bye. Good night. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.